0: phoenix audiobooks presents the hardy boys mystery stories book number nine the great airport mystery written by franklin w dixon and read by chris mannell Chapter One, Mysterious Flare Too bad we lost so much time fixing that flat, Joe. Dad wanted us home in a hurry to start work on a case. Frank Hardy sped up the brother's convertible. Joe studied a road map. We're coming to a turnoff that could save us 30 miles, he said. Let's try it. The boys kept a sharp lookout in the gathering dusk. Presently, Frank slowed and spun the wheel. The entrance to the turnoff was narrow and flanked by heavy trees and brush. If they had not been watching for it, they could easily have missed it. A second later, Frank slammed on the brakes. The glare of their headlights showed a wooden barrier several yards ahead. Oh no, a roadblock, Joe groaned. That's strange, Frank murmured. There's no sign to explain why the road's cut off. Maybe it's only for minor repairs, Joe said hopefully. Let's take a chance. He jumped out to move the wood barrier. Okay, but keep your fingers crossed, Frank said. I'd sure hate to get stuck in some pothole and break an axle, especially at this time of night. Joe, blonde and a year younger than dark-haired 18-year-old Frank, dragged the barrier aside. Frank drove past, then Joe replaced the roadblock to its original position. Climbing into the convertible again, he asked. Any idea what this new case Dad's working on is about? No, but the way he sounded, it must be urgent. Fenton Hardy, the boy's father, was a former crack detective of the New York City Police Department. After retiring from the force to the waterfront town of Bayport, he had become a famous private investigator. Frank and Joe, who seemed to have inherited their father's sleuthing talents, often aided him in his investigations. The brothers had also solved several cases largely on their own, beginning with the Tower Treasure, and most recently, the strange mystery of Cabin Island. Now a summer vacation trip had been cut short by the upcoming assignment. The boys continued their journey in the deepening darkness. Ahead, the road wound through isolated hilly country, Here and there, they encountered patches of light radiation fog, a phenomenon common to this type of terrain. After several minutes, the Hardys were puzzled not to see any road construction or any other reason for the barrier they had encountered. Maybe the roadblock was just somebody's idea of a joke, said Joe. Frank was about to answer when suddenly, the brothers were startled to see an intensely bright red glow appear on the road ahead temporarily blinded by the light, Frank jammed on the brakes. The car skidded crazily, then came to a halt up on the side of a steep embankment that bordered the road. What's that? Joe shouted. Looks like a flare, Frank answered, turning off the ignition. The boy's eyes became accustomed to the bright light, just in time to spot a man scurrying off the road and into the woods. The stranger vanished quickly, but not fast enough to prevent the Hardies from getting a glimpse of his face. A split second later, they heard a series of loud cracking sounds. Those are rifle shots, Joe yelled. But where are they coming from? The woods, and they may be aimed at us. This car is too good a target. We'd better get out pronto. But before either of the boys could move, a new sound captured their attention. The mounting, throaty drone was unmistakable. That's an airplane coming down, Frank cried out. And it's headed this way, Joe yelled. At that moment, the boys saw two bright lights approaching obliquely from the right and very low. Frank and Joe were able to make out its silhouette against the night sky, even through the glow of the flare. The plane had two engines and a sleek, streamlined fuselage that terminated at the rear in a high, swept-back tail section. Its landing gear was fully extended. That pilot's trying to set her down here, Frank declared, as he stared in disbelief. He's so low his wheels won't clear the top of our car.